Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back to an episode within the lines coming at you on Wednesday, July 7th, 7, 7, 21. Today we're oh, reviewing shit. episode five of Loki. We're reviewing the newest Chris Pratt movie, the tomorrow war. Banger. And more importantly, I don't have to see Tyler's face while doing it. Yeah, that's a shame. I feel bad for you. Um, I'm in Vegas though. Yeah. How's that been? Ty, you having fun? Uh, it's been good. It's been mostly Victoria's work stuff, but a little bit of fun too. Yeah, so this is the second Amazon Prime movie that we've reviewed, at least in recent memory. I'm sure there's one way back when, um, and both of which we were not in person for. So something about the Amazon Prime movies, maybe it's indicative of Amazon itself, just connecting the world through you know delivery. Um, but for some reason, when we review these movies, last time we did Without Remorse, I was in Chicago. Now we're doing this, and you're in Vegas. So I, I just I don't think we can ever be together when we do an Amazon Prime original film. I can't wait for our next Amazon Prime trip. Just calling that. Um, but episode five, Loki, man, there's a lot to talk about. Um, I'm excited, Ty. Let's get into the show. 20, 20, 10, 5, touchdown. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. I don't feel so good. Oh. Hey, look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Alrighty, Ty, we are five out of six episodes into Loki. Only one more remaining. It's a sad day because this show has been phenomenal. I said from the start it would be the best one of the three. The original three is what I'm now calling them. I just dubbed that myself. Oh, shit. Um, Phase one of their TV shows. Yes. Um, This was the one I was most excited for even though I had nothing – knew nothing about it. No one did Um, just because Tom Hiddleston is electric as Loki and all of the weird shit they could have done. And they've done a lot of weird shit. And I'm a little bit sad that there's one more episode. Um, I know you come prepared with notes, Ty. Just your thoughts on the episode itself. Um, it was it was okay. Well, I think the last episode was uh, we're going to do some weird shit and throw in a fuck ton of Easter eggs. And then uh, get you ready for the finale. And I think they did a good job of that. It was fun seeing the other Lokis interact. Um, it was fun seeing the hyped up President Loki get like five minutes of screen time. Um, <laughs> Classic Marvel. Yeah, no, it was good, man. It was a, it was a decent episode. Um, just you know, off like just my my experience with it is, 
I, I don't know what it is about the series. I had a little bit of this with WandaVision where I'm just watching the show and I'm like continually checking the time to see how much time's remaining because I just don't want it yeah. to end. And, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was whatever. I honestly didn't even stay up for some of those episodes. I just watched them the next morning. I know you didn't, but I did for some of them. Um, you know, WandaVision stayed up, was, like I said, excited in that same realm. Um, a lot of the excitement there, while it was a, a very well-produced show, and I'm not trying to say it was bad, um, you know, a lot of the excitement was built on the mystique and the what-if of that show, especially with it being mm -hmm. the first one. This one, it's got the mystique, it's got the what-if, it's got the, I just think, the, the character development, the connections they've made, the acting, um, just everything. I mean, we had the connection between Loki and Mobius, and I thought Mobius wasn't, I thought he was dead as hell, and I was wrong. I thought they were going to bring him back a different way. Um, the Sylvie and Loki kind of, you know, character development, even seeing, um, you know, classic Loki and then young Loki and how much, you know, seeing how much classic to, like Loki kind of being a representation of what this Loki could turn into, you know, because he avoided Thanos yeah. and then he just lived on an island for thousands of years. And I'm sure when you live on an island for thousands of years by yourself, you probably, you know, you don't have that same selfishness and all that. So just it's been great, man. And it's like it's it's entertainment on the surface level but then the deeper like you know character development and i was talking to rye during the episode and i was like talking about how it's gross if loki and sylvie kissed and then i flipped course on myself in like 30 seconds and said you know what no the message here is you got to love yourself and i appreciate that okay yeah. you can't love anyone else until you love yourself ty i love that those are uh beautiful words uh <laughs> <laughs> no i i mean yeah dude this has been the best show so far in terms of it's got the Marvel theory people um, like us loving life, uh, <laughs> but it's also like just a great story that they're telling. Um, and it's been fantastic throughout the entire thing. I was happy to see Mobius return. Yep. Um, I didn't know who I thought was rolling up in that random pizza car, but I'm glad it was him. <laughs> Riley said it was uh, him. She called it, but yeah, it, it's just, you know, it's been a great thing and, and God damn it. Do they love their Easter eggs though in this episode? Yeah, so, you know, before I touch on some of the deeper stuff, or before we touch on some of the deeper stuff, what they could do next, I guess, yeah, it's, it's a good starting point to talk about the Easter eggs. I didn't see too many. The two I saw, the very obvious uh, Thanos helicopter, um, saw that right off the rip. I saw people on Twitter saying they missed it. I saw that right away, um, which that's something from the comics, obviously. Do you know exactly what it is? Yeah, Thanos just rocked around in a helicopter in the comics. It makes no sense. He's got like he's got infinity stones and he can teleport, but he just had a fucking helicopter with the word Thanos on the back. <laughs> um, and then there was um, Frog Thor that was inside of the jar when they panned down, and it's like it was all the stuff in the ground in between their layer and the the surface level. There was a little uh, Frog Thor in a jar. That was the other thing I noticed. Yeah, jumping towards like the hammer. Uh, and that's all I really noticed. Yeah, I mean, they had those. I'm trying to see what other good ones there were. Just Eliath, that creature itself. Um, aggressive connections to King. Okay, good. Um, that, like, this this little cloud monster was, like, a thing that, like, kind of connected the two worlds and blocked people from entering King's world, which we saw a very clear vision at the end of the episode of a different, like, location. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I feel like at this point King's confirmed. Oh, yeah. He's got to be. Um, in the background, there's like an Avengers Tower-looking building, but it, but on the front of the building, it's Q-E-N-G. Oh, like I did Quang. pause and Google that. Yeah, but continue. Um, that's another thing that has connections to um, King. It's like the former Stark Tower was sold to one of King's 
descendants or some shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then just a bunch of tiny little ones. There was like an arcade machine that like never existed that they had in the background of the shot. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, um, that was one of the things like when the show was first, the first few trailers, people pointed that out when they were, you know, the DB Cooper and all that kind of theories. That was one of them. Yeah. And then, you know, the, you wrote about it, the, the <laughs> Philadelphia experiment ship. Oh man. Just take, just, you know what? I just, I don't know. All right. I expected more than I should have out of a little scene. <laughs> um, but that was fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> it had all the makings. It made sense. It absolutely made sense. And in classic Marvel fashion, I should have just expected they did it with the DB Cooper thing. It was just a throwaway thing. And it was just a, ni- a fun little, you know, whatever. It was literally used as just a snack for the big bad monster. <laughs> and I thought it was, was going to be was... some time traveling ship that all the Lokis were on. <laughs> No, yeah, no, it was just it was just a little late night snack. <laughs> and then the yellow jacket helmet, the villain from uh Ant Man. The the yellow jacket helmet just kinda of chilling in there. Oh, I didn't uh, even I didn't even see that. Yeah, and I'm also seeing here they had Ronan the Accusers uh warship from Guardians. Okay. Crash landed. It's actually very visible. I don't know how I missed it. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that I knew that was someone's ship, but I honestly didn't know on the top of my head. Not gonna lie yeah. there. Um, um, there's there's a bunch of stuff, but they're just having a blast, man. They're having a blast throwing all the stuff in there. This felt like a nice episode where they're like, "We're Marvel," and this is like a just you know a very easy way to throw in a whole bunch of cool shit for fans. Yeah, yeah. So there, you know, there's questions moving forward. There's questions about the show itself. You know, kind of in the past, um, just all the Loki variants, at least the ones we got a somewhat origin story. I don't want to call it an origin story, but a somewhat background for. Uh, boastful mm-hmm. Loki uh, completed his quest of, you know, getting the six affinity stones and whatever, which based on how the TV operates, like if he would have just got one of them, I feel like they should have stepped in. Then they did say it was a lie. So that's probably what happened. But, um, you know, you had him. He was whatever. He was kind of a throwaway character. You had the old Loki, like I said, who sat on an island for, you know, hundreds and thousands of years. And no, they never really noticed because he didn't change anything. And then the second he yeah. left, you know, they popped in he, his character development and, turn, you know, kind of showing what Loki could be. And then you have, you know, I've seen some people say this on Twitter, and I think it's legitimately could have legs. The young Loki, uh, we don't see him die. We don't see him get eaten by the cloud monster whose name's escaping me, even though you just said it. Um, Eliath. Eliath. You know, and we've talked about it, and I, I said it was going to be Sylvie, which would have been the, old, the oldest young Avenger ever. Um, but they're yeah. one thousand <laughs> percent gearing up towards this young Avengers. Um, you know whether it's partnering up in the next team up, whether it's something a decade down the line. You know they're introducing these characters now, and eventually, and it's very smart. You know because you could ink these child actors who you know I don't know that kid from anything else. I, I could be ignorant there, but you ink these child actors and be like, hey, we're gonna give you a fifteen year deal, and you're gonna make a lot of money. Of course they're gonna say yes. You know in a decade's time when all your guys, you've already had your two biggest stars walk away, but when Hemsworth is finding like, okay, I'm done, and all these other guys are like, I'm done, you have these young Avengers, and that's what it turns the page to, just like in the comics. They're always turning the page to the next wave of heroes, and I think he's absolutely going to be a part of that because he did not die in this, and he's a fucking badass. He killed Thor. He did. He fucking killed Thor. And that was such um, like a mic drop moment too. Like when he said that, like I was like, Riley, did you understand the significance of what he just said? He fucking killed Thor. <laughs> I love um, people were talking about 
I think it's in Ragnarok where Thor's like, oh, this one time Loki turned into a snake and he knows I love snakes. And so I grabbed the snake and then he scared me. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, what if he just did that and just like stabbed him? Like that's the moment he just fucking accidentally did it. I was like, oh shit. And it's just using it to look cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, no, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a coincidence that in every single one of their shows and everything, they're introducing characters who are a part of the Young Avengers team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everything that they're releasing, everything, you know, you had it in you had two in Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the the young Falcon and then the the I don't know his name, but the Captain America character who was connected to Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You had, you know, Wicked and Speed and WandaVision. Now you have young Loki. Um, you have Monica Rambeau, which I don't know if she's young Avengers or not, but she could be a, they're, a they're, bridge the gap kind of. Yeah, and they're definitely setting this. Miss Marvel. Um, I'm sure in in She Hulk there will be some. I don't know, maybe Baby Hulk is She Hulk and regular Hulk gonna make a baby. That'd be sick. Um, I think there actually is like a Hulk type character in the Young Avengers. If there's like betting odds somewhere, can we like put ten thousand dollars that that character shows up in that series? <laughs> um, fuck, man, I. I love Hulk, so I'm naturally excited for that show. And I think that's coming. Is it coming at the end of the year? Am I mistaken? Um, maybe early next year. We have What If, and then Miss Marvel. This year, I want to say. Oh yeah, it says first episode date. It just says 2022. Um, ten episodes. Wow. Oh, so it's a longer series. Um, thirty minute episodes though. So. Um, have we? Go was one division ten episodes? Nine. Okay, so that was the longest one. I know Falcon and Loki are six. Yeah, but they had some like the first two episodes. Remember, were like both like seventeen minutes. Like they were kind of short because they were just kind of doing that yeah. sitcom thing. Um, yeah. So it just says uh, twenty twenty two. I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be early twenty twenty two, like you mentioned. Um, she Hulk though, that'll be badass. We could actually get a good Hulk. Oh, um, that isn't a wuss. It, it may actually be after that because along with the Young Avengers line, we have the Hawkeye series coming up too, which oh yeah, aggressively sets up another Young Avenger in Kate Bishop. Yeah, um, it's just saying right here, like just on the cast and characters, it has Tim Roth. I mean, this is Wikipedia, so it's obviously not um, you know the most reliable or you know concrete thing, but it does say Tim Roth as Abomination. So oh yeah, no, that was confirmed. Oh okay. Um, it also yeah, that has was at the Disney Plus Investors Day or whatever they said he was coming back. Yeah, that's right. It also has um, Anais Almonte. I know this this show is like a year away, but Anais Almonte in an undisclosed role. Um, I'm looking up Anais Almonte and how young is she? Uh, she's actually kind of older. She's not old, so I don't know if she's gonna be like a kid Hulk because she looks like she's probably our age. I know, actually, she looks like she could be younger. I don't know. I'm very confused. Um, she's fucking ripped though, but she's cast in an undisclosed role, so that very well could be your uh, young version of Hulk. Yeah, I I know America Chavez is supposed to be a character that's supposed to show up, mm-hmm. um, which is like another young character. I don't know if she's supposed to play her, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now, so I had a theory here, and it's, well, it's not really a theory, it's just a thought, and I wanted to bounce it off of you, is I don't know 
I could again, I could be ignorant here, and you're more on top of the leaks and stuff, and just stuff of that nature than I am. I don't know the status of Tom Hiddleston's like contract with Marvel. Um, is this it for him? Do you think this is it? Do you think because in my mind, I'm like they could keep the Loki character alive, and what I was thinking, if this really was it for Hiddleston, if he was done, which I hope it's not because he's fantastic, but. They could easily write him off where he's going into because this is Loki from 2012. You know, this isn't even present day Loki, even though he did catch up. Um, you know, they could write it off where he goes in his own timeline, or he even maybe sacrifices himself. You know, and moving forward, they could. You know, I don't think necessarily young Loki is going to be planted in the next Thor movie or whatever. I think they might have an end credit scene or something that just shows he's alive, something where we know he's alive, and then down the line they could kind of revisit that. Um, but something where Sylvie is kind of the new Loki in the MCU moving forward. And it kind of goes along also with what they're doing, uh, which is fantastic. Kind of the, you know, the women lead characters. You know, you have uh, Wanda, obviously. Uh, Monica Rambeau is fantastic. We have, um, you know, Captain Marvel. Just all these women characters, you know, really powerful women characters that have kind of been taking the, the, the forefront of the next wave, which they should. Um, yeah. I thought maybe she could be part of that as well. And we might see Tom Hiddleston retire his MCU character tie. What do you think? I don't know. Um, maybe that's a, that's strong. Maybe <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. It's, it goes along with it. Like you said, they've been trying to do that kind of stuff. Like it's young Avengers and women led like, you know, products and, and they're doing great with that. So I can see it, but I think Tom Hiddleston um, enjoys this character mm-hmm. a lot. And so I don't see him being in any rush to get, get kind of the boot um i would like maybe like a loki season two where him and young loki kind of rocking together that'd be pretty sick that's that actually so they could do that um because yeah that's how you could keep young loki involved and tom hiddleston involved you could easily do a like they defeat can well even if if it is king they're not going to defeat him you know, it's just going to be yeah, no chance. Maybe they'll take down this illusion of the TVA, which maybe never existed to begin with. Whatever they explain it to be, um, you know, he's obviously going to be around in the future because he's too big to die on a TV show. Um, but it could be something where, you know, they they stop the TVA, stop whatever they're trying to do just for this part of the story. Sylvie kind of gets thrust into the MCU timeline. How? I don't know. Maybe it could be something with Ant-Man, you know, because obviously Ant-Man and Kang, you know, Quantum, all that stuff. Somehow she yeah. gets thrust into the, our our timeline MCU, and then that's what I said. She's kind of like the girl Loki. But then you keep Tom Hiddleston around, and he there's other, you know, time-related things that they have to work with. And, yeah, maybe we get a season two where it's him, Mobius, and young Loki, like you said. And that's how you keep him in the MCU, but he's not necessarily connected to anything going on in the timeline. Um, that's actually that's a pretty good idea. And I know these shows seem like they're kind of just limited series, but – this is a show they could definitely do a season two of, especially with the young Loki, you know, being involved. Yeah, for sure. And just the characters they've introduced that they can build off of. Um, I can see them, you know, keeping it going. And I think this show's done great numbers too. So why not? Yeah. Like you're getting people to watch it. People are loving the show. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think they're going to just, that young Loki character feels like someone who's going to appear in future projects. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, for sure. It's just if Hiddleston sticks around or not. Um, Sylvie, I would love to see more of her. I mean, she's been fantastic throughout this entire series. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why she felt the need to wear the, uh, hooded cloak the first two episodes and just, just never wear it again in the rest of the series. <laughs> um, but you know, that's fine. 
<laughs> no, she's been great. So I, I think whichever route they take, I'd love to see more of these characters, especially love to see more Mobius. I'm so happy when my boy showed back up. Oh, Still yeah. waiting on the wow. Still waiting <laughs> on a jet ski. But we'll get there. Dude, I've just been like every time, you know, like I'm not an Owen Wilson fanboy per se. But I do enjoy, I mean, we did Bliss, and you gave it a terrible review, and I gave it a much higher review, which still wasn't great, which is probably going to be what our Tomorrow War, um, you know, review looks like. Um, but the main reason why I gave it higher was I just really liked Owen Wilson in it. And it's just like, again, I'm not a fanboy, whereas like Will Ferrell, I would call myself a fanboy. Like, I instantly want to watch anything Will Ferrell comes out. doesn't mean I actually watch everything, but, you know, I, I'm interested in anything Will Ferrell's attached to. Owen Wilson is not really the same way, but everything I've seen with Owen Wilson, even Bliss, like, I, you know, that's the worst Owen Wilson movie I've seen. It's just like, I enjoy him, you know? Hall Pass, as stupid of a movie that is, that was enjoying. That's the first boobs I ever saw in a movie. Um, I had already oh. seen boobs, you know, from some internet searches, but not from, <laughs> not on a movie. Um, not on the big screen. <laughs> um, Drillbit Taylor, which is just a stupid, you know, movie that's so stupid, but it's so good. Um, you know, Marley and me, obviously as sad as it is that movie, you know, he may, has a connection with a dog that, you know, not a lot of actors could have, um, wedding crashers, night at the museum, just all these, you know, they're not huge movies. Um, he's a big name, but he's not like this massive blockbuster superstar cars, my favorite Pixar franchise. Um, but I just enjoy him and he's been so good in this man. And I'm, I'm just so happy that he's finally in, in the MCU in some capacity. Yeah. I'm, he's been great. He's been so fucking fantastic when they cast him everyone was kind of laughing kind of like are we going to be able to take him seriously in a marvel role and he's killed it yeah. he's been absolutely wonderful he's been super entertainment uh entertaining the chemistry with tom hiddleston has been fantastic um and i hope we get more from him the character development well we will because he went back to the tba so we obviously know there's well yeah more after this this series i hope too but dude like oh mobius to be the one who kills king eventually <laughs> I want him to be the star. Can Mobius just be like this guy who doesn't have any powers that's just there for all the Avengers stuff? <laughs> like, he doesn't have to do anything except just Hawkeye? be there. Yeah, but at least Hawkeye has a talent. Mobius doesn't really have a talent. <laughs> He's a good investigator, I guess. Yeah, he'll just be their, their detective. Even though Loki did all of the work to find Sylvie, <laughs> Mobius didn't do shit. Um, but who hired Loki? That's a good point. He's just – he's like the – um, they do this a lot in basketball, sometimes in baseball, um, but they do it a lot in basketball. It's like the 15th guy they'll sign on the roster, and it's just the glue guy who never plays, but he's a veteran, and he, he helps keep the guys together in the locker room. That's Mobius. He's, oh, yeah. he's the he's glue guy. locker room guy. <laughs> um, Love that for him. But, you know, I don't know exactly how, like, the, the Emmys work um, and how these qualify for the Emmys. I would assume these do because it is still a television show. Um, and I know there is a lot, a lot, a lot of great, you know, television shows that are out there so many more than I'll ever see, but I hope, and I know it probably won't happen because it's the MCU. I hope he at least gets a nomination or at least some, some, uh, speculation for like best supporting actor, um, in a series. Um, because here we go. Outstanding supporting actor in a limited series or movie. He needs to be nominated for that. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I, I'm trying to see. I feel like I could be wrong here. I feel like um, what's her name won it for WandaVision. Well, 2020 Emmys um, is the last one that's on the Wikipedia. 
And of the five people who got nominated, three were from Watchmen. So maybe there isn't this Hollywood stigma. Oh, there's six, actually. So three of the six. No. Why is there six names but only five? Oh, okay. Six names, uh, five, four different shows. It's three Watchmen. One was Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and the other one was Hollywood. Two people from Hollywood on Netflix. So there Watchmen isn't... was a banger of a show, so that makes perfect sense. Um, so there isn't uh, – and I'm not saying he has to win. Again, there's a lot of television show, shows that I just won't watch, if I'm being honest. Um, but I do think – I feel like he deserves some credit because he's been fantastic. And, you know – other people have been fantastic in these these uh, MCU shows. You know, Agnes was good. Um, Vision was good. I And again, it might just be Owen Wilson bias, but I've just really loved everything he's done on screen. And I think I'd put him over anyone, you know, in the other projects, unless there's someone else that stands out. And again, this could just be recency bias, but is there any other MCU, just the supporting, that stand out ahead of him from the recent oh, shows? Su- supporting? No. I don't think so. I don't think it's even close, honestly. Okay, cool. So I don't feel, I don't feel too dark. I think Elizabeth Olsen as the lead is the easiest choice, just because of the, what they had to do for that show. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I think that's already passed. Oh yeah. I mean, even um, uh, I'm blank. Anthony Mackie. I think even his role could, you know, for the cultural impact and all the stuff from there, um, probably deserves yeah. a nod over Tom Hiddleston. But that's fine. Okay, Tom Hiddleston's established. He didn't. He's been fantastic. But it's been on Wilson's show, baby. The show should be named Mobius, not Loki. <laughs> That's season two. Fuck, fuck kid Loki. We're just following around Mobius. It's just a detective <laughs> film. Um, so here's – okay, I'm going to give you a wild theory that I thought of while watching the show. And I know it's not going to happen, but I just want a percentage chance that it happens. You got this? Okay. Yep. What if Mobius is a Loki variant and he didn't know it? Point oh oh one percent chance. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I thought you'd give me at least like twenty. <laughs> he doesn't have any of the. He doesn't have any of the Loki vibes. He's not mischievous because they wiped his was, memory of it. <laughs> he was following the rules. That's in his nature. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I had a I had a um, I, I thought of that and I I didn't I knew it wasn't gonna happen but I, I thought of it. But episode six, so obviously they reveal this, like, castle-looking thing. It has that little yep. – it had, like, a little stand – not a stand, but, like, a tower that was glowing, like, orange at the top. It looked like the things that they um, pruned people with, but it also looked like a little bit of Quantum Realm kind of stuff, that orangey kind of glow. Um, it doesn't look like it's in the Quantum Realm, but, of course, there could always be some sort of masking there. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily going to have him being hiding in the Quantum Realm or not. We'll see. It will be interesting to see how they approach this if it is indeed King, which, again, it's got to be 95% sure at this point with all the things yeah, I mean, they've been dropping. All, all the connections, just so many different connections that just lead to it. it. It'll feel almost like the Ralph Bonner situation if they don't do it at this point with how much they set it up and teased it and all of this. The only thing I am – I don't want to say worry about, but like I could see them doing, which I haven't – dove deep on the comics to see if there is a character in this capacity but what if it was like someone working for kang it was like kang's you know sidekick or like some dude doing something for kang and we don't actually get the kang reveal yet like we get him name dropped and maybe we get him in a post-credit scene like kind of like thanos um but it's not you know it's kind of like loki working for for thanos someone working for kang you know I don't know. I don't think they're going to do that, but that's the only re- – that's the 5% where I'm like I could see where he's actually not 
he doesn't appear in the show. Um, but I don't know. That, yeah, I don't know. If they I, do I can that. see that. Yeah. I I hope they don't, but I can see them doing that. Um, because that would be I a way to it... explain how they could beat this guy, but then Kang still you know looms or whatever. Yeah, I'm just hoping that like they're they're because obviously the the good guys got to fucking win at the end of the series. I'm hoping that's just the destruction of the TVA. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find out King was behind it, and they destroy what he runs without doing anything to him, really. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. So that way, you know, King's pissed off. He has motives moving forward in the MCU um, when he appears in Ant Man and the Wasp and in whatever else. But I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm very hopeful that he shows up. I'm hopeful that the next episode's a banger. I'm hopeful that Mobius um, destroys the TVA. And fun, fun little thing here, Jay. People are saying that they're waiting um, to release the uh, Spider-Man trailer until after Loki. Okay. Because he's about to fuck some shit up, and there's going to be no TVA, and there's going to be a reason for there to be multiple Spider-Man in the movie. Yeah. And villains. So they're waiting, just like they waited to announce Captain America 4 till the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's... I, I, I could see that. Um... So, yeah, there's just there's there's so much so many different ways. I'm just trying to collect all my thoughts at once here. Um, I think this is you know how they're going to do the quote unquote multiverse, which is really just multiple timelines, which really is just like a multiverse. Let's be honest. Um, and it's just just some things they're gonna have to explain is like, and they're going to have to because it can't just be like, oh, this is this guy's been doing this forever. Like, why King? has been doing this. Like I said, maybe this is the timeline where he gets power at the end. So he's trying to maintain that for all of eternity, which, but if he's already that version of himself, why does he care? I don't know. There's gotta be, he's gotta have obviously some sort of motive, which we're still trying to figure out. I mean, that's what the show, there is going to be a motive, but I'm just interested to see what that motive is, how they explain, you know, cause Kang's obviously from the year like 3022 or something. And you know, he's from the three thousands, maybe further than that. And, you know, is he just in the future controlling everything in the past, um, you know, and the, the whole sacred timeline thing, because it, oh, it does feel like a hoax, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like it does have some legitimacy. And I just, you know, as they destroy this, yeah, there's going to be multiple timelines branching and maybe timelines intersecting. And again, that's how they explain Star, uh, Spider-Man, almost at Star Wars. Um, maybe we'll get a Fast 9 kind of uh, timeline into the MCU. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Fuck I just, you. I, I just, I, I there's 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 just so much to explain, and I don't want to jump ahead and be like, okay, well the multiverse is for sure being created after this, you know, because we've said that about it feels like fucking five different properties now. Um, but at the same time, this is the time to do it. I mean, we have uh, Black Widow releasing this weekend. Uh, that's going to be next week's episode. Um, our, us reviewing that and Loki episode six. Um. But that obviously has nothing to do with this. That was supposed to be released a year and a half ago. Um, that's just COVID pushed back. So these shows were obviously. Oh. Go ahead. I just made a connection. Black Widow. Oh no, Black Widow comes out this week. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say they're probably gonna like it lined up perfectly to where they could drop the Spider-Man trailer and then play it before Black Widow in theaters. But they can't do that because they gotta wait one more week. Yeah. Um, I just. I mean, they could easily, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it's just, 
all these things have been leading up to this next phase of movies, and there's a reason these shows were placed where they were. Falcon and Winter Soldier, maybe not so much multiverse-wise. But at the end of WandaVision, the post-credit, you know, we obviously get her opening her eyes, and she sees, she hears uh, her children. And whether that's she mastered her powers as the uh, just Scarlet Witch, <laughs> blanked on her name, or whether Scarlet that Witch? is the moment the timeline breaks, you know, and she's hearing them from another timeline. Um, you know, and then we have, you know, the Spider-Man stuff and we have Doctor Strange doing whatever he was doing. And kind of we always assume that Wanda was the one behind the whole multiverse breaking. And that's what we thought was going into WandaVision and that, you know, he was going to fix what Wanda fucked up. And maybe it was kind of like Wanda anti-hero versus Doctor Strange. Maybe they don't even go that route at all. Maybe it's, you know, this fucks it up and Doctor Strange is trying to fix this that's getting fucked up by Loki with Wanda's help, without Wanda's help. I don't know. Um... It's just that's this is such an exciting time because there's just so many directions they could go, and it's not going to be the one we expect if we lean in one way or the other. Um, and I just I'm excited. I, I don't know, man. I'm excited. I do. I feel like we finally have the moment we've been waiting for. <laughs> that's yeah, something I, mean, I wouldn't buy into. That it. We had a. I feel like the fact that we had a fight scene between like 20 different Lokis is a pretty good indication. Yeah. Um, you know that they're willing to go this direction. I mean, you just picture that for the Spider-Man movie. You have three different Spider-Man on screen. People will lose their shit. Yeah, uh, man. I hope they do that. So, I'm very hopeful. I like where this is going. Um, I can't wait to see more Doctor Strange um, in upcoming projects. Oh, I love because him. Because he's very he, he's about to be connected to all this shit. Mm-hmm. He's been kicking back. He's on a beach somewhere, just on vacation. He's going to come back, and everything's going to be on fucking fire, not realizing how much shit he missed. So something uh, – no, it doesn't really matter. Never mind. I was going to say, so I wonder if the time stone being destroyed has anything to do with this. Well, actually – and oh. this is just a, a bullshit theory I came up with right now. They have the Infinity Stones at the TVA. They're powerless, whatever. Um, they don't matter. But the time stone, since it got destroyed after you know the events of Infinity War and Endgame – Maybe that's what allowed Kang to do all this, you know, thousands of years later because there was no one kind of guarding the flow of time. And that's what allowed him to kind of go back and manipulate the past to create his own present. Um, that could be it. You know, I'm going to that's where I'm staking my claim because I always got to stake my claim somewhere and write an article about it and mm. be completely wrong. I'm staking my yeah. claim that Kang is a nobody fucking loser, kind of like the comics. I don't think he's a nobody loser, but he's a nobody fucking loser in his time frame. And he, so with no one to protect the time stone, he's just a fucking super genius. He went back and he manipulated all of time and he kept it on this timeline. That way he could be really cool. He's like back to the future too. When the, the villain booth is like the casino owner, he's pretty much doing that where he's just going back. He's manipulating everything he can manipulate to make sure a certain events happen how they're supposed to happen so the time stone can get destroyed all this stuff blah 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 that way he's a badass at the end that's what i'm staking my claim into i don't think it's what happens but i found a found a a slant to lean on i fucking love it thank you ty um yeah i'm excited for next week i am going to be very sad that it's over me too me too Uh, i don't know when what if comes out but that just ain't gonna hit the same oh no i mean i'll still watch it but I think I'll hit the same. Uh, the other series will be fun, but they're kind of introducing new characters rather than ones that we already know um, mm-hmm. like this. So it'll be kind of more, you know, more introduction based uh, origin stories than wild fucking adventures like this. 
Uh, I'm just hopeful that next week sets up some crazy shit and we get a look into the future of the MCU. Well, we haven't even touched on, last thing I'll touch on about um, Loki in general before we switch gears, is we haven't even touched on the obvious, um, you know, fucking white whale that they have of the X-Men and how, you know, this, you know, I don't think they're going to rush into it, but how this opens the door for the X-Men to be introduced because this is just my opinion. I don't think they're going to fucking do an origin story for Wolverine or origin story for you know, this or that. I think they're going to give us these characters in an explanation like this. And obviously they'll probably have some character building, some, you know, explanation that would actually work good for a show. Um, that way you're not bogging down maybe a movie with all that, but I don't think it's going to be like, there is now a Wolverine. It's like, no, this Wolverine's from a different time, whatever. And now he's in this, you know, realm there together. Um, this, you know, if this has the impact that we have, it's going to eventually lead to that happening, which I kind of feel I, I, I see it playing out where they have this happen. Loki fucks it up. We have Doctor Strange. We have Spider-Man. We kind of have Phase 4 and maybe Kang's like the bad of Phase 4, whatever they do. And I feel like X-Men's going to be like the start of Phase 5. Just my personal prediction. Um, But, you know, there was that stuff. Did you see that stuff with Hugh Jackman? Yeah, and him posting about Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. And there was like a uh, something about, you know, a Wolverine poster or something that he shared or Riley was showing me. So there's some speculation there. He was just reliving the good times, man. Feige, Feige helped work on those X-Men films. I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't I don't think they uh if they not if when they bring Wolverine over to the MCU, I'm not sure if they do his Wolverine because he's just too fucking old at this point. But it yeah. could be like what they're doing with Batman and uh Michael Keaton and he's like a mentor Wolverine or something. You know, maybe the new Wolverine's part of the Young Avengers. Did you think about that, Ty? So, like, they bring Hugh Jackman's character over somehow. He just doesn't fight a lot, and he's just a mentor. Um, sure, they could even have... Have you, You've seen Logan, right? No. Oh, you fucking fuck. The That's girl, right? That's a good movie. I know, I need Yeah, it's to his see daughter. It. It's his daughter who has claws. They can make her part of the Avengers very easily. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we have Deadpool, which is already confirmed, you know, working with Marvel Studios. That was the one they didn't need the multiverse to explain because of the medium that Deadpool is. It literally could have opened with Deadpool wearing Mickey Mouse ears and looking at the audience and being like, hey, yeah, we were bought by Disney. I'm now part of this. And it would just play because it's Deadpool. <laughs> That's the one property yeah. they didn't have to get creative for. Um, I was telling Riley it was a it was a stupid ass idea. But like what? <laughs> like. They should release a short. This is, shouldn't be Deadpool 3, but they should release like a 15-minute short where it's Deadpool trying to stop the acquisition of Fox from – or of you know his property from Fox to Disney because he doesn't want to get Disney-fied and like turned PG-13. So you see him like going to Disneyland and like fucking going to the Disney offices and all like you know just stupid shit like that. I think that could oh be like a fun God. short. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I don't know if that would be meta enough to um... – to attack themselves with the Disney fight things, but if they were, that would be fucking great. And you get some clips and of- just running around, sitting down in an office talking to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, and then like <laughs> you could fucking have him go to Disneyland and do like a stupid montage where he's like riding all the rides, having the fucking time of his life, and then like some dude cuts in front of him at like a popcorn line and he fucking stabs him in the heart, and then just like throws his body to the side and moves up in line, and just like all this <laughs> stupid shit you could do, man. This. Man, I need a writing gig with these places. Like, that would be, again, not a movie, but, like, as a short to pair with something else, like, it would just be so funny. 
so good. It'd be fantastic. Um, but then we also have, you know, Eternals and all that and how they haven't protected anything, you know, this whole time. And they said in the trailer, we haven't, you know, there wasn't the need to step in until now. Until now could be because of Loki. And maybe the Eternals know about the, you know, the sacred timeline. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about them in connection to this show. Um, you know, I don't know. I just don't know. No, man. yeah. There's, there has to be something for them because they're oh we haven't stepped in until now like we see them throughout all history so what causes that to change um it very well could be from this loki series which uh, would tell me they knew about the sacred timeline and all this stuff so i don't know man it's just there's so much um and i hope episode six i don't expect them to outright t- obviously they're not gonna outright tell us like hey this is this and this is that but like it's got to be explaining enough to explain at least the direction they're going with Doctor Strange, the direction of the internals, the direction of Spider-Man, because they, they have to. There's no other property to help do so. So, you know. Yeah, this is all they really got. Because, like I said, Hawkeye and Miss Marvel are coming up. Those aggressively aren't going to be this. Yeah. Um, those are going to be their own grounded stories, kind of like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if they're going to do this weird kind of cosmic crazy shit moving forward, we need an explanation next episode. Um, and I, I feel like they probably will. Yeah. I I don't know, man. It, it's an exciting time. And how this also introduces the Fantastic Four because Kang and his connection is the Fantastic Four. All of that. Um, I'm just excited, Ty. You got anything else about Loki? Yeah, I, it's just with all this shit going on with Loki, with, with stuff – you know, happening and them having to fight and jump around. Um, it reminds me of the banger of a movie, The Tomorrow War. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Uh, the Tomorrow War. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I paused there to do a, a commercial break. So thank you to everyone who listened to that Anchor commercial that we still need to uh, re-record because it's a little outdated. Um, the Tomorrow War. Ty, you got our synopsis up? I, I did. I don't know where it went on this page. Um, the world is stunned when a group of time travelers arrives from the year 2051 to deliver an urgent message. 30 years in the future, mankind is losing a global war against a deadly alien species. The only hope for survival is soldiers and civilians from the present to be transported to the future and join the fight. Among those recruited is high school teacher and family man Dan Forrester. Determined to save the world for his young daughter, Dan teams up with a brilliant scientist and is a strange father in a desperate quest to rewrite the fate of the planet. Okay, so th- this is a classic of uh, the world's ending, and this this random guy is the hero, uh, just in a, in a very s- nutshell. 
the classic, like I said, world's ending and some, you know, average Joe who went to Cal State and got a degree in biology and is now a biology teacher. And he's the guy who saves the fate of, you know, planet Earth. Um, that synopsis is a little bit, it's good um, because you don't, his it dad. It right on to me. Well, his dad doesn't really join the quest until, you know, the final, you know, act of the movie. Um, That's fair. Look, man, so this movie, just before I get into my scores, is the thing I told Riley and the thing I hold true and the thing she agrees with because she agreed with me on my score when we were talking about it for the episode because it's, spoiler not great, is this felt like a a straight-to-television movie that would go on the sci-fi channel, but they had a bigger budget, so they were able to cast Chris Pratt and J.K. Simmons, and instead it was Amazon Studios or Amazon Prime, whatever. Um, mm. This felt like a movie I would see on the sci-fi channel. That's that's just you know with a with a big name actor like, it, it, I strong disagree. I feel like this is the type of movie that they were releasing in like the nineties and shit that is like classics like Alien and Predator and shit like that. No, Ty. This but it's is just not... modern day, so it feels a lot cheesier. I, uh, it felt like a fucking sci-fi movie, sci-fi, you know, uh, station movie, to me. Um, I thought the plot was fine enough. I thought the story oh. was fine enough. I thought, I thought that it had emotional moments. The guy wasn't the hero of the story is where you're wrong. His daughter was the hero <laughs> of the story. And that's the, the only reason she used him. What? You thought the plot was fine. Yeah, that the plot was fine. Oh, man. I mean, I don't want to get into it any further until we get into our plot. <laughs> well, But the daughter was the hero, not him. Well, we'll just get into the plot right now, Ty. I don't know what you saw in this plot. Um, the one thing I give it credit for is it somewhat explained the whole two rafts time jump um, between their point in time and the time they chose, um, you know, and that's why they couldn't, like, jump to the beginning of the war. Whatever. I just I, – I didn't <laughs> – I thought – the plot itself, I didn't like. I didn't like the writing. I thought everything that was said was corny as fuck and felt like a television movie. So you were in movie. a grumpy mood. No, I wasn't. I was in mood. a great mood. I was laughing at this movie. Um, look, there's there's, there's some things I, I have wrong with the plot. Like why they would go back in time and recruit people from the past to go die like – to go fight these alien things. Like I, I just don't, there's so many other better options and we get that at the very end, of course, spoilers, um, you know, with his daughter wanting to give him the, the, whatever it was called, um, to take back in time. That way they could kill the, the aliens, which we find out we're on earth the whole time, um, to kill the aliens when they eventually come around. Um, that should have been the goal from the fucking beginning. Like, I don't see, like, as soon as they did that, I was like, why don't they just go back in time and tell these guys about it? And then they have 30 years, you know, to figure this out. Why are they going to pull people from the past? Um, you know, and just the whole butterfly effect of, like, Chris Pratt was supposed to die seven years later. Now, is he supposed to die? I don't know. I'm not going to – I don't care about all that butterfly effect bullshit. I'm just going to assume it's two timelines. It's a sacred timeline, whatever. Um, a lot of time travel in my life. Um, so just <laughs> all of that, I was like, okay, whatever about um, – I didn't why I didn't understand their initial mission 
of getting the vials from the lab when they didn't like she just took this the specimen from unless she used it when she extracted from the alien maybe she did i don't remember um it that part just seemed pointless that just seemed like a hey let's give them a 15 minute kind of action scene at the beginning that doesn't really impact the 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 you know what happens in this movie and then the fucking end is where it lost me, man. When he goes back to present time, she tells him to mass produce these things. He just decides not to mass produce it. And then he gets a fucking, he finds a guy at a bar, random ass bar. He gets the claw and he takes it to a fucking high school student who knows everything about volcanoes and could tell them exactly this, this, and that about this fucking sedimentary underneath the claw and all that bullshit. A fucking high school student. You're telling me that they went back in time 30 years and told people that this was happening and the top scientists in the world weren't working on this shit and weren't exploring and trying to figure this out. But it was a fucking high school kid who was like, oh yeah, this, 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 that, that's where they're going to be. They go to the fucking Arctic. They blow up this ship. When did they have time to set all those explosions? That was a lot of fucking explosions. How did they haul all of those explosions? They fucking go into Russia on a covert mission with some guy's plane as civilians. Like, that just doesn't make any fucking sense. All the I mean, they set that up perfectly fine with his dad. All- <laughs> Russia would shoot him down as soon as they crossed that border. Um, and all, like I said, all those explosions and shit they set up. And I just, man, I just fucking, it was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous film. <laughs> What'd you give it? I gave it a four. Mm, I gave it a 12. Oh my God. It was perfectly fine. I mean, you're just fucking the most nitpicky nitpicker right now. <laughs> Someone who loves F9 is going on. F9 on. got an eight plot. Okay. It did not get a good score either. <laughs> Look. Sure, there's some stretches on everything, but they everything they did, they set up. They joked about how the kid only ever wanted to fucking talk about volcanoes and shit, that he's obsessed with that. So, yeah, they came back. The world's fucking governments were collapsing. Russia doesn't have the same military defense. They set up the thing with his dad on how he was hiding from the government, how he knows things around shit, how he was a fucking secret badass. They had those, they had those fucking snowmobiles with trailers on the back. They had C4 in there. No, they didn't take the time to shoot shots of them fucking planting each little because fucking it makes no sense thing. because they were like hey if we tried shooting this how would these guys set up fucking miles of explosives when they just found this place like 15 minutes ago they're on snowmobiles they were there for two hours for all you know it's just a movie cut <laughs> they didn't explicitly have a screen pop up and say 15 minutes later and then show the explosion and why didn't he just how long they were there why didn't he just mass up? produce the serum like she told him to he obviously had the they means had, to produce it more because they had, like, fucking 20 vials of it when she brought back one. They did mass produce it for the for the ship thing there. And because the future was already fucked. The whole thing was they were going to make it for the future and then take it back to the future. No, she told him make it so you could protect yourself because she – his daughter said, "I'm we're already on borrowed time. We're already going to lose this war. You take it back and mass produce it so you can stop it in your time. That's what she fucking said. Well, they did mass produce it, though. I thought he gave it to someone. I don't... Yeah, they, they had, like, cases of it at the end. I, I don't know. I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I liked it. I liked the fact that they were in the future, and then the way to solve it was actually in the past without anyone actually knowing that, and they teased that earlier, how they were like, they don't know how they got here when they showed up. Everything that happened in this movie was set up prior, and I appreciate that. It wasn't just random shit being spewed out. It was like, we're going to tease it, and then this is gonna happen okay 
I, everything was fine. Everything made sense. It was a nice flowing plot. Do I think it was incredible? No. But do I think it was above average with a little twist there where, like, the future is fucked and they lost? But then they come back and they still figure it out? Yeah, I like that. I like that, that, that little different spin on it. All right. I think you're being way too nitpicky. Ty, this movie... T- way right. too nitpicky. I, I'm not... It's just... It was ridiculous. But, all right. <laughs> Cinematography. What'd you give it? You're going to fucking drop like a 15 on this. I know you are. And it looked like fucking dog shit. I don't know how you're going to justify your 15 because I gave it a five. Oh, my. A five? Tyler, go back and watch the, the glacier scene with the fake-ass glaciers. The action scenes. The scenes where they were walking through the hallway when they were in the future – and it was like it looked like it was shot on a fucking iPhone. Like it was the corniest everything. Like the lighting, everything was always so like 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 there was like a, a gleam in the lens. And Chris Pratt always looks like he's fucking plastic because the lighting was always. Fu- I mean, just look at the fucking picture on the Rotten Tomatoes of a trailer, and his face looks like he's fucking made of plastic. Like it felt like a sci-fi channel movie. And everything just – I didn't like the lighting. The lighting on it was terrible. The CGI on it wasn't great either. They spent all the budget on the aliens, which was the only part of this that looked somewhat okay. Um, I did not think it aliens looked good. Look fucking cool. I thought – Aliens looked fucking cool. I thought everything else looked fucking bad, including mostly the way they filmed everything with, like I said, like the, the gleams that were in the, the, the screen and all that bullshit. It was just – I didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. Yeah, I gave it a 15. It was fine. <laughs> You're way nitpicking. Oh, this my is wild. God. You're just like, you decided you weren't going to like this movie and then it just. I wanted to like this it. movie. I wanted, I just recommended this movie. And you, how do you give this a 15, but you give Fast 9 like a 7? That doesn't make any sense. I gave it a 9. It was right around mid. That doesn't make any sense. Because the aliens look fucking cool in this. All the action scenes looked fine. The CGI, I didn't notice any CGI that looked awful. Was I blown away by it? No, but do I think it looked fine? Yeah. 15's a pretty mid-score compared to some of the other shit. Um, the aliens were very unique and good-looking. Um, it's not like they ripped off any other things beforehand. They made their own unique kind of villain creature in this. And they look fucking cool, and they look realistic, and they're intimidating, and they're fucking badass. The action scenes looked good. It was shot in... I mean, you're going to say gleaning and everything shot in an artistic way. The one scene, the one scene I will say, the one scene I will say looked like shit was the very funny, we're going to do science stuff montage. And it's just stock footage of science, Um, putting things into vials, putting things under microscopes, just random people in lab coats. Um, I laughed out loud at that montage. Okay. Other than that, this movie looked fine. I, I I mean, I'm Artistic. reading reviews and stuff. No one else brought up anything about how it looked bad. Artistic. It was shot in like a, like a, I wouldn't necessarily say artistic, but stylized. It was this gritty. Yeah, the style was, was a sci-fi channel movie. It looked like a fucking sci-fi channel movie. Nah. You got that stuck in your brain and you used that as a, as a. I I'm said that after the movie. Shit on it. Nah. <laughs> No fucking chance. This movie looked fine. I had no problem with how this movie looked. Whatsoever. Wendy Shreve says underwhelming CGI. So some people do say bad CGI. I mean, I didn't have any problems with the CGI. And you're saying it isn't even the CGI. It was 
I was shocked, which no one is bringing up. Oh, man. Oh, man. I think you're alone on this island. Oh, Ty. Because my score isn't even that good. It's a mid-score, but it's right along with with everything else. Yeah, I don't... I don't see the uh, the appeal for some of these movies. Or for this movie, I should say, not some of these movies. I will say, if you go to the top critics page, uh, it's mostly rotten. Uh, so maybe there's just, you know, with it being an Amazon Prime movie, there's just a lot of lower-level critics, you know, who aren't looking at it in the same lens, you know, as some of the top critics like myself. Um, you know, that could be also part of the problem. Um <laughs> um what's next key elements i gave it a 10 i gave it a 17 this movie was a lot of fun it was a stupid time jumping kill aliens movie and they did a lot of stupid time jumping and killing aliens this is the movie they were trying to make yeah it was it was very much a sci-fi um time travel movie for sure it definitely hit that key element um, you know, I, I think I've seen it done a lot better and I think the, the family aspect of it that they tried, the emotional pull of it just didn't hit me personally. Um, I thought it was very tropey, um, you know, his whole, his dad and him not being close. And then you find out that he just turns into his dad pretty much and leaves his daughter. And then at the end, him and his dad are fighting together and he tries to sacrifice himself for him. And then at the very end, you know, he sees his granddaughter, which is, uh, you know, we saw, I thought that was just, that was kind of tropey. Um, look, I mean, it was a science action, uh, a sci-fi movie for sure. Um, I had a problem with a lot of the ways they explained a lot of the stuff, like I said, in the plot, um, you know, and I think a, a really good sci-fi movie does a better job at that. Um, the action, like I said, was fine. It was a lot of just shooting, um, which, you know, I've said in the past, I'm not a big war movie guy. And this was, you know, kind of a war movie against aliens. Um, so, I mean, 10, it is the highest score I gave. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, it was fun, though. Like, there was this scene where they were down in the caverns and they were trying to cage up the thing. And, like, they had, like, harpoons on it. Like, that was a fun fucking action scene. They're trying to pull it, and it's just spinning around, fucking them up in this closed environment. Um, I liked the final scene on, like, the, the I don't know, the final future scene where all the aliens were attacking, and it was like they were trying to fucking sneak around from him. Like, that's fun, that's fun shit right there. That's a good time. Um, my biggest thing is the fact that this movie has an 81% audience score tells me they were trying to make an entertainment movie, and they did. Can you explain why it took like seven futuristic soldiers to cage up the mama, the the mama alien, and they barely did it still, but Chris Pratt and his like eighty year old father can kill it. And Chris Pratt they were trying to shoot it. Literally, they weren't trying to cage it. It's way harder to cage jumped it than on its fucking back while it was running for his dad. <laughs> he threw the fucking jet ski at it. Not the jet ski, the snowmobile. No, yeah, and then later when his dad was like, oh, come get me, and he was standing by the edge when Chris Pratt was also standing by the edge, and then the alien, because he cut his hand open for the smell of blood, so then he fucking started running towards uh, J.K. Simmons, and then that's when Chris Pratt jumped on its back and, like, I don't know, got it. I don't remember exactly what he fucking did, but. I think he stabbed it in the eye. 
because he was trying to kill it. There's a difference. There's a difference in trying to control this wild animal and just fucking kill it. That's the nitpicky. That's the nitpicky coming out. Oh my god. That's what it is. Oh, Ty. You can't get on me about nitpicking. I wanted to like this movie. You intentionally went into F9 nitpicking. Nope. Incorrect. I go into every movie wanting to, to enjoy it the same. And if they give me stuff to nitpick, I'm going to nitpick it. Jesus. I, it was fine. I had a good time with it. Characters, I gave it an 8. I'm going to guess you gave it a 16, Tyler. Um, no. I gave it an 11. Okay. It was Sorry. it was fine. I mean, not, nothing special. Um, the main guy was good enough. Um, there's the the comedic sidekick, the the badass guy that everyone had their roles, but no one was emotionally deep. I like the cool dad. Um, that's partially just because I love J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the characters are kind of. You cut out there. What'd you say? Characters are just kind of average to below average. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt the same way. They were just average to below average, uh, eight slightly below average. Um, just, you know, Chris Pratt did all he could do to be the lead in this film, um, and he was fine. I've definitely seen Chris Pratt be a lot better, um, but, I mean, that's fine. I mean, maybe not a lot better. I mean, he's not necessarily like a super, I don't want to say skilled because that's kind of, you know, diminishing his his talents as an actor but he's not like a a, a well-known um you know you know what i mean but i have seen him better um the characters i mean again they were just kind of they were fine um i I, again not very deep and it was just kind of like they were what they were and they were just kind of very tropey and it was what it was i mean no one elevated it and you know it was nate yeah, um, he Chris Pratt, like you said, was the lead, and he did fine in that role. Um, he was, you know, okay enough. There was the slight emotion thing with the daughter and him watching his daughter die and shit. But I mean, it it kind of was a miss at parts with that um, for in terms of like character development. But everything was fine. It, I don't think anyone was worthy of being shit on. There were some funny moments, um, and it was what it was. Um, so this actually was supposed to be a theater release and then it got pushed back because COVID and then Amazon bought it and then they, um, released it, which, oh no shit. I never really, I I don't understand. I guess I understand it, but like, I mean, there's obviously business reasons that my dumb brain doesn't know. Um, but like who's signing up for Amazon prime for this movie? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. You're spending $200 million to buy the rights to this. Um, and it says that's what the budget is. I don't know if that's just because that's what Amazon paid for it or if they paid $200 million to make this and then just took the the wash and let Amazon buy it for $200 million. I, I'm not sure there. But, like, when you're Amazon, you're like, hey, why am I going to pay a fifth of a billion dollars for this film? Like, even if you love the film, you know, unless it's like a, an Avengers or, you know, one of these huge, huge movies, um, how do you make your money back with that, I I personally I, again my dumb brain just doesn't get it, but I don't know. There's people think, a lot smarter. I than think me. it maybe not necessarily getting people to sign up, but keeping content that people like and is new on it, so people don't unsign up. Yeah, I guess Prime Video <laughs> I think does it's have just you, 
Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I think it's just a situation where you want to keep having new good shit on there so people stay paying that monthly subscription thing. And if you don't ever have anything that's big and original and new, then people are going to be like, why the fuck am I paying for this? Um, For the rare 5% of the population who has Amazon Prime just for Prime Video. Yeah, that's what I was going to – like Amazon Prime has the the benefit of most of their people are just people who have Amazon Prime, you know, as is. So um. Yeah, it's – my logic kind of fits for like Netflix and shit. I don't understand Amazon Prime Video's business strategy here. Everyone in the fucking world already is subscribed to you just because they're subscribed to your bigger service. Yeah, well, maybe they had initial plans released in theaters. I don't know because they have done theater release movies. Um, there was that one with Minda Kaling. Is that her name? The girl from Mindy the Kaling. Yeah. She did a movie with, um, oh, God, what's her name? Emma Thompson. Um, called Late Night. It was an Amazon Studios film. And me and Riley actually went and saw it in theaters. And it wasn't like spectacular. Like I don't like I don't sit here thinking about it to this day. But it was a fine movie. Like, you know, it was what it was. It was something I could see on streaming, you know, and I probably wouldn't watch it because it wouldn't catch the eye. But I mean they paid nine million nine point five million for that. It made twenty two million. So I feel like that might be the better strategy there. I mean to go from paying nine million for a movie with Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson to paying two hundred million for this film and not really making any box office on it. Again, this is different times, COVID, whatnot. Maybe they had plans to maybe try to release it, but then they thought, "Fuck it, let's just put it on our service." Um, I, I just, I feel like Amazon hasn't leaned into the theaters as much as I thought they were going to. But also, like I said, doesn't help when there's a um, global pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if this was meant to be like we're going to release it in theaters, have that sort of, you know, budget for it and then have the exclusive streaming rights afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like that's a decent enough strategy if you buy something, release it in theaters, get some sort of box, box office thing, and then it's yours to fucking stream on your service. Like, yeah, well, that yeah, probably plays. We look at uh, like their recent films. I mean, this year, Bliss. Which wasn't fantastic. Um, the oh, map shit. of tiny perfect things, which I've never heard of. Coming to America, the Eddie Murphy movie. Um, that probably would have went in theaters, I would think. Uh, Without remorse, again, probably would have went in theaters. Um, the boy from Medellin doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Pink, all I know so far, so I'm guessing it's a biography. Mary J. Blige, My Life, another biography. And then The Tomorrow War. So, I mean, they could have, out of those, I think probably Coming to America Without Remorse and The Tomorrow War. Um, maybe Bliss too probably would have been a planned theater release just because the names involved. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't see how much, like how they make that much money on it. But who knows, man? Yeah, I don't Again, know. Again, there's a map, lot of people. Map of than me. Tiny Perfect Things. Um, you said you haven't heard of it. Banger of a movie. You should go watch it. Really? Yeah, it's pretty good. I had a good time with it. Is that like the the random movie you said victoria you guys watched that she wanted you to watch and then you thought it was going to be shit and then you watched it and it was really good correct okay <laughs> oh Pretty good one of the main characters daniel you know who plays him who josh hamilton that's the guy's name oh noted heroin user <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> let me click over to my tab here enjoyment ty what did you give it in 15. I had a good fucking time with this movie, dude. Okay. I gave it a 9. 
Yeah, see, at the end, you were like, oh, maybe I'm being a little fucking nitpicky. It's not that bad. No, because I didn't hate the movie. It's like, I didn't, I it wasn't painful to watch. It wasn't something like Artemis Fowl where it, I was falling asleep and, you know, hated the, ta- the, the main character. It was just something where it was like, okay, this is cheesy. This is what it is. When I, I knew that when I fill out the scale, it's not going to play well. And then, you know, I, I enjoyed laughing. I, like, there was a lot of times me and Riley were laughing at it. And, you know, it was it, – that part was enjoying. Nines by no means. Like, I think it falls in my, you know, would not watch again, you know, but wouldn't necessarily condemn whatever my, my writing was for that. Um, but, I mean, it is still single digits. Um, very few single-digit enjoyment movies recently. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. I don't even remember Uh-oh. what film that was. That got single digits. Um, was that the the Denzel Washington one? No, those who wish me dead was the fire one with Angelina Jolie. Okay, so that got single digits. Um, Man Thunder the Force Iron Mask got worse. Oh yeah, Thunder Force. What did I give Thunder? Oh that that's a three. So that was just so low. I just looked past it. Holmes and Watson. I gave a five. So I mean, it's better than those. Fair. Um, but my I... score's not great. <laughs> I would recommend this to people as a dumb sit down and have a good time watch. Absolutely would. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's it's you know, there's definitely a niche audience for it. Uh, Riley's dad enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't think it's niche. It's got an eighty-one percent audience score. I think most people like this movie, Jay. I think it's a dad action movie like the other movies we've reviewed, but I just had more problems with it than because I feel like I don't know sci-fi movies. I feel like try being smart, and I just didn't think this movie was very smart. Um, so that's, I, it, that's the thing is I think it is a dad action movie, but it had a unique kind of fucking twist for the dad action movie type, like for the sci-fi aspect of it. Like it had unique, different aliens. It had a we're fighting a war in the future, and then we lose that war only to fix that war in the past. Which really should have been the goal to begin with, but I digress. Absolutely should have. But that's 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 movie baby. Um. <laughs> I, it was fine. It was a fun fucking twist. It was, it was unique. It was entertaining. It had fucking Chris Pratt, so you got you know you enjoyed looking at the screen the whole time. Um, it was a good movie. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say I it's think, a good movie. I think we may break, um, Hubie Halloween here at the final score though, Jay. Four, five. Hold on, I'm, I'm doing some What'd math you give here. It? I'm doing some quick math. Fifteen. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Mm, counting one by one is not a good sign. Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm just – I'm doing the the critics' um, Rotten Tomato – like the top critics' Rotten Tomato score, and it's a 40%. Um, I gave it a 36 out of 100. <laughs> Ooh, that's a fucking disgusting number. That easily beats UB Halloween. You have a difference of 34. I gave it a 70. Oh, my God. Absolutely deserves it. That was a fun fucking movie. Maybe 69 would be more indicative of the kind of movie it is. Because you get into the 60s, you're like, ah, it's an entertaining whatever movie. 70 makes it seem higher because it's just that one point difference. Um, That was a fun fucking watch. I had a good time with it. A difference of 34. QB Halloween had 28. Easily our biggest disagreement. Easily. Riley was right. She said you were going to like this movie. I had a good time with it. I had a great fucking time with it, Jay. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and pretend I didn't. 
Hey, are we sure the average score, uh, the uh, average score thing is correct? Because I feel like our difference went bigger after this movie, which it shouldn't have. It should have shrank, but I don't know. I digress. Um, I can't find it. I fucking lost. I found it. Sixty-two. Final score of fifty-three. No, I meant our average score. Sorry, our my average and your average given out. Um, because I I thought we were sh- closer than that, and this film should have made it closer because I gave it a lower rating, but I don't know. I'm sure it's right. Um, we got a lot of movies here, Jay. There's like a, like fucking seventy nine movies we reviewed. Okay, one movie isn't gonna change the scale that much. Well, it would change it by like point one either way, maybe or for me. Um, so what did it get? Average fifty three. What you said? Fifty three, I think. Tied with three birds and uh, on the rocks, and what yeah. about half above Velocipaster? See, that's too low. This is a better movie than that. Those. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. You're saying it's a worse movie than those. This is a worse movie than The Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah. No. Oh, that's shit. why. You gave yourself the 36. And you gave me oh, the 70. Oh, shit. You're right. See, I knew something was up. I want it to be known that I'm the one that gave it a 36. No fucking shit. Yeah, I don't want to be associated. There we go. With that. Now we're 0.5 difference. Um. <laughs> no fucking chance. Ty, I. This is a fun movie. I mean, I'm glad. You were on vacation. I mean, if. I guess kind of vacation. Um, you were in a good mood, probably won some money on the blackjack table. Hopefully mm, lost all my money on the blackjack table. Slots have been friendly to me. So yeah, maybe you're just not a blackjack guy. You know, I was playing video blackjack boss at all. I've hit two slot, like mini jackpot things. Nice. I'm up like a hundred some dollars. See, I'm a blackjack guy. We're all play by myself, but maybe you're like a, with a friend's blackjack guy. Yeah. I can do that. Um, you still need to fix our true value because Thunder Force has a negative one somehow. Um, I feel like that's right though. <laughs> that's a negative movie. Uh, fifty three puts it um below the line. Um, I mm. was borderline draw the line, but I wasn't quite there. Um, ten points less, and I would have been draw the line or eleven points less. Um, and movies I, within the lines. And I'll stand true to that. And I'll say this was higher than I initially gave it. I bumped it up on some categories um, after, you know, letting it settle for a little bit. I bumped it up a little bit on visuals because I was a little bit too harsh. Um, I bumped it up a little bit on enjoyment. And I think I bumped it up. No, those were the two. I think I bumped it up like a total of like four points, maybe five points, uh, you know, this morning when I was really looking at it. So, I yeah, I originally had it as a 31. Um, so 36, that's better. I, it's your scale, man. But you're telling me it's it's along the likes of fucking Drop Dead Fred. It's better than Holmes Drop Dead Watts Fred and Artemis Fowl. It, it's seven points better than those. No fucking chance, Jay. It, it, it's your oh, congratulations! It's your first movie you've given in the thirties. Nice. There's a nice little milestone for you. Nice. Thirty-six. Look, Ty. I'm sorry I didn't enjoy it as much as you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I'll just let the let, – hey, let the listeners, you know, any listeners who made it to this point of the, the podcast, first, thank you. Um, if you found us on our website, thank you very much for listening to the whole thing. That's great. Uh, that helps us out a lot. Uh, watch this film. Tweet at us within Lines Pod on Twitter. Um, let us know. Let us know. Do your own movie ranking scale. 
or just tell us if you liked it or you didn't like it. Um, whose side of history are you going to be on? Are you going to be on Tyler's side of history with the 70? Or are you going to be on my side of history with the 36? Or are you going to be right in the middle around a 53 and just agree with our consensus score? Um, I kind of wish I gave it a 35 because then that would have meant I gave it exactly half of what you gave it. Um, but that's okay. Mm. Um, you can go and take a point away if you want. No, no. It'll also leave our difference at 35 because that's how halves work. I, <laughs> I'm going to uh, – I'm just going to stay true. Uh, it's a 53. It's not a 52.5. It's a 53. And I, I want I want the listeners. You know, I got one listener so far, Riley, who didn't enjoy it. Um, I know Victoria watched with you. I'm going to be honest. don't she know didn't. if she's a listener. Oh, she didn't watch it? No. Oh. I, I had downloaded it and watched it on my phone most of the weekend. Um. Wow. Okay, so here's actually a good theory, Ty. So you watched it in chunks, right? Yeah. I did tell Riley – that I feel like this movie might have played better in chunks because it felt like, like I said, a, so, a sci-fi channel movie, but it also felt like three episodes of like a mini series. It felt like episode one, the whole intro in that first um, kind of uh, foray into when they went into the lab, that first kind of mission, episode one, episode two starts when he wakes up at the, at the campground. And then episode two is them getting the mama alien and then, you know, all this stuff there, you know, getting the serum um, and his daughter dying. And then episode three would have been him waking up in present time and doing his thing with his guys. Maybe it plays better when you watch it that way. When I watched it all together, it drug a little bit. It was like two and a half hours, uh, maybe a little bit shorter than that. I think it was like 220. Um, maybe it should have been a three-part episodic series. Uh, I, don't, I don't see it. Two, 218. Yeah, maybe it should have been an episodic series. Maybe that's that's the the ground I'm going to claim. I mean, I can't I can't confirm or deny that because I did watch it in chunks, but I enjoyed every chunk. Yeah, um, rotten, random Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, next week, episode six, Loki, Black Widow, Marvel field episode. Make sure you watch. Uh, we're so we record on Wednesdays, uh, release on Wednesdays. Uh, so you will have plenty of time. You'll have all of the weekend in a few days um, to watch Black Widow. Um, so you have plenty of time. Make sure you get that in before the pod, or if not, yep. just wait, save the pod. You, you're going to want to listen. Episode six of Loki and Black Widow. You're going to want to listen. Um, random of an episode. Random Rotten Tomato score of the episode. We finish every episode. I give Tyler a random movie on Rotten Tomatoes. He tries to guess it. My mind jumped to a certain movie to do this, but then I thought, Hey, Ty, he might do some some uh, some research and try to cheat a little bit. Do research for my random Rotten movie. So I and I might have already done this movie. I don't remember. But the Tomorrow War, the movie that jumped to my head was yesterday. The Beatles movie, which was a, a fine oh. watch. Um, but again, I thought you might try to cheat a little bit and you might connect those dots and look at yesterday. So I was like, scrap that idea. I'm gonna go with a different movie. So Chris Pratt is the titular star. Can you name Chris Pratt's third biggest franchise that he is in? Jurassic World would probably be second. No. The Lego movie. Okay, yeah. But I didn't want to do the Lego movie. I want to do a spinoff, and it's fitting because it is a movie I enjoyed a lot, and you told me you didn't enjoy as much. <laughs> and that is the Lego Batman movie, Ty. The Lego Batman movie. This is as random as it gets when we're talking about the Tomorrow Awards, the Lego Batman movie, starring Will Arnett, Michael Sarah, Rosario Dawson, Zach Galifianakis, yeah. and Siri. Tyler, what do you think the Lego Batman movie has on Rotten Tomatoes with 313 reviews. As I sit here staring at my, my window of the Luxor, staring at the ass of the uh, 
little lion thing at the entrance. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 84%. Close. 90%. Certified okay, fresh. That's way too high. 90%. That's way too high. That was a good movie. That was not good of a movie. 80% audience, 90% tomato meter. So you hit it nearly right in the middle of those two scores. Hate that for me. Which I give me one or the other. I, I kinda uh a little upset because um the Tomorrow War has one percent higher audience score than the Lego Batman movie. Bingo. Fun fucking movie. <laughs> I hate that. Um oh this movie was PG thirteen. They did have one fuck. I did catch up on that one fuck. Um so they, they used it. Um that's all I got I for you. Where Ty. was the fuck? It was it was when they were doing like the claw like the research on the claw something happened and like the badass who was going to die of cancer he just said like what the fuck or something um, nice but it did feel he like feels like the guy who deserves it when he said it it felt like he said it and i noticed it i was like have they been saying fuck this whole movie i don't think they have um so pg-13 they use which is just such a fucking stupid like why why do you get one fuck in a pg-13 movie like i i just don't i don't it, get it, it doesn't make sense either allow it or don't but I will always say that one movie, it was a terrible movie with Rebel Wilson. Um, I don't even remember the name of it. While the movie itself was terrible, they had the most creative use of their one fuck I've ever seen. And I will give them credit for that and that alone. So that's my closing I, uh, thoughts. I agree. I can't think of the movie either. I'm fucking, isn't it romantic? Yes. That was the film. All right. Like you said, Loki, season finale, first Marvel movie in like what well, feels like five years. Yeah. Next week's episode. Um, these in theaters and Disney plus, um, $30, whatever their, whatever their access name is. I can't premiere access. Go watch them. Watch them both. Mm-hmm. Watch Black Widow multiple times. Yeah. You got anything else, Jay? I'm all good. All right. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.